Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Little Big Tall Nell shut her down tonight. They'll be the act 9.30 tonight. They'll be on stage at Country Jam, Little Big Town. Before that, Chris Cruzy. Chris, of course, from Barron. He's going to be there at 2 o'clock to start things off today. Elvie Shane at 3.30. Jimmy Allen at 5.15. Clay Walker at 7.15. And then Little Big Town at 9.30. And hope to get out there myself, Bob and Jill with you, the chores at the shank of the day. And you'll be out there doing a little boogalooing too, right, tonight? Oh, I don't know that I'm going tonight. I'm going to go do a boogalooing tomorrow night. <laughs> well, whatever night. <laughs> but again, uh, Country Jam is underway, but so are a lot of other things around the area. There are. We've got three county fairs. We've got the Barron County Fair, the La Crosse Interstate Fair, and the St. Croix County Fair. All right. So get out and enjoy it. The weather should be awfully nice today. Maybe a little shaky tomorrow, but uh, again... Lots of things going on. The big story is a change at uh, one of our major farm organizations in Wisconsin. A change at the top. No, it's not a palace coup. It's just a, a change, and we'll explain that as we go along. Also, the old hamburger slinger, Brent Wink, will be with us. I think he spent most of yesterday slinging last night, slinging hamburgers at the uh, Knights of Columbus stand at the St. Croix County Fair. Then I think tonight... He's going to be back at it. This is just a warm-up act for him. He's going to be announcing the truck and tractor pull at the St. Croix County Fair, but he'll be on the air. We'll get an update on what he's seeing in the fields uh, so far in the last week or so and recommendations for moving forward during our growing season. Brent, of course, with us, courtesy of Winfield United Ag Division of Land O'Lakes. We'll cover the crops with Brent this morning. So lots of things going on, and maybe the most important thing, I see a lot of hay down, a lot of hay put up, too. But uh, if you got her down, get her up today, because I think later on, coming in tonight and into uh, tomorrow, we got some rain in the forecast. So <laughs> breeze have been blowing pretty nice to dry it up. But uh, we'll take a look at that weather forecast, maybe give you a little help. 
The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at that weather forecast for uh, well, through the weekend and into next week. Our Skywarn 13 forecast, as it is every morning here on Wax. Brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Marquardt Motors would like to thank you, their valued and loyal customers, their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Marquardt Motors the largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. That's something to say. The largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. That's Marquardt. They must be doing something right, huh? 89, partly sunny today, so summer is still with us. Now, uh, later on tonight, it looks like it's going to be clouding up and some rain moving in off and on. It looks like on Saturday. We'll check with Mike Dandry here in just a little while to find out what he expects will be the time frame of those showers and where they're going to go with all the fairs and country jam going on. Sunday, back to partly cloudy and 79. Monday, also 70 and very comfortable. Tuesday, 82. And again, a chance of rain on Wednesday, about 79. I'll tell you, this is the place to be. I saw the early weather forecast, and man, I'm telling you what. There are some places that are just unbelievable. New York City, uh, Arizona, of course, we always expect at this time, but just burning up around the country. So again, and it's dry too. So this is not a bad place. 89 and partly sunny. <laughs> if you complain, go to Arizona or go to New York City. They're, they're having the hottest temperatures they've had in a long, long time. So pretty nice to be here as we say. This God country, it's 63 degrees right now at Wax. Get the chores done. You got to get the jam. Starts about 2.30 this afternoon. 5 o'clock, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX on this Friday morning. Let's take a look at the news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Outtakes from speeches following last year's Capitol riot show former President Trump struggling to condemn rioters and to say the election was over. They were shown during Thursday's primetime hearing held by the January 6th House Select Committee investigating the attack. But this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say... Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? In the outtakes, Trump repeats false claims, saying we had an election that was stolen from us. The White House has confirmed President Biden is taking Paxlovid to treat his COVID symptoms. It was the first oral antiviral drug approved for use against the virus after the FDA granted emergency authorization for it in December. A suspect is in custody after authorities say he attempted to stab a U.S. congressman. Mark Mayfield reports. Representative Lee Zeldin of New York was giving a speech on bail reform when the man reportedly made his way through the crowd armed with what appeared to be a knife, then lunged at the Republican lawmaker. He was restrained by bystanders until he could be taken into custody. According to a statement from a spokesperson, Zeldin, a candidate for governor of New York and his staff, are all okay. The FCC is cracking down on spam auto warranty robocalls. Brian Shook has more. The commission is requiring telecom providers to block millions of illegal daily robocalls involving extended vehicle warranties. Scam warranty robocalls are a leading source of complaints from consumers. The FCC has identified 13 individuals and six companies behind most of the warranty robocalls. You're listening to NBC News Radio. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's get a quick check of our weather today. Nice day, 89 and partly sunny. 63 overnight and probably later on tonight into tomorrow, some rain moving into the area. High on Saturday, 88 with that rain. Then partly cloudy Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Next chance of rain will be on Wednesday after that. 59 in Rice Lake and Medford. 58 in Marshfield. Wausau at 63. By the way, the uh, fair at Bear Rice Lake, the Barron County Fair, continues today. They'll have the, the dairy show. We'll have some results from the lamb, hog, and beef show from yesterday coming up. We'll hear from a couple of the uh, successful sheep exhibitors here in just a few minutes. But uh, lacrosse is 67, 62 in Green Bay, Madison, Sun Prairie, 72 in Milwaukee. And right now it's a pleasant 63 here in the Valley. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Six and a half minutes after five o'clock on a Friday morning at Wax and Rural Mutual bringing us our markets. And Jill, how the livestock numbers look? Choice fed beef steers are 135 to 148 and a half with mixed at 90 to 134. Choice fed beef heifers are 133 to 144 with mixed at 90 to 130. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 120 to 131 with selects at 86 to 116. Cows are 70 to 91 and a half with bulls at 74 to 110. Butcher hogs are 83 to 99 with sows at 61 and a half to 67. Boars are 27 to 29. New crop market lambs are a dollar to a dollar 10. Feeder lambs are a dollar 10 to a dollar 95 with ewes at 75 to 125. Small goats are $10 to $135. Medium goats are 140 to $262. Large goats are 120 to $360 with nanny goats at 35 to $245. And taking a look at the livestock futures at the Merck yesterday. Live cattle lower, closing for August at 135.72. That's down two cents. October at 140.97, down 35. December 146.32, down 50. February 150.75, that was down 60. Now, feeder cattle prices were higher yesterday, closing for August 178.27. That was up 45. September feeder cattle 181.30, up 32. October at 184.22 of 47, November 186.05 of 55, January 186.47 up 67. Lean hog carcass contracts were mixed. August was higher, 116.30 at the close. That's up $1.42. October at 95.77 down 25. December 86.22 down 62. February 89.10 down 45. Board of Trade pretty much lower yesterday. Some rain in the forecast. And uh, prices were also lower overnight. So we've got December corn this morning, six cents lower, sitting at five sixty-seven. Oats down a penny at four fifty-three. December wheat down twenty-one at eight dollars even. November soybeans down eight cents, now below thirteen dollars, sitting at twelve ninety-three this morning. Meal down three fifty a ton in that October contract, three hundred eighty-three dollars and forty cents. 
Dairy prices were also lower yesterday. Barrel cheese down nine cents to a dollar ninety six. Blocks down six and a half to a dollar ninety one. Butter, the only thing that went higher, up a penny at two ninety two and a half. July class three down one cent at twenty two fifty four. August down thirty three at twenty thirty six. September down thirty four at twenty seventeen. October down twenty five at twenty sixty six. November down twenty four cents at twenty seventy four. As those prices were lower out through next February. Let's go to the fair. We're going to go to the Barron County Fair in Rice Lake. Lots of livestock were shown yesterday and Wednesday evening. We'll catch up with a couple of the sheep exhibitors next right here on Wax. 63 degrees. We'll get about 89 today. Should be another nice day to go to the fair. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. For what it's worth, we're going to talk to a couple of sheep exhibitors here at the Barron County Fair. And uh, the lamb show was held on, well, Wednesday evening. And uh, Daniel Wirth and Braden Wirth are with me right now. And uh, Daniel, how big a show was it as far as pastures? You guys have been showing for quite a while. More lambs this year, less lambs? What was it? Do you remember? It was more lambs than last year and most of the years before. So good competition then. Yeah. All right, well, tell me about the lambs that you brought. How many did you bring? What breed were they? Me and my brother brought four lambs, and they were crossbred. Now, how do you guys get your lambs? I don't think you you raise sheep on the home farm. Where do you go to get them? You got a secret place, or do you have a place where you like to go? We go down south. That's as much as he's going to tell me, and I don't blame him. So tell me about the lambs you brought, Daniel. How big were they? The lamb I won with was 139 pounds, and the one I didn't win with was 143 pounds. All right, well, tell me about the grand champion lamb here at the Barron County Fair, 139-pound crossbred. What made him so good? What did the judge say about him? The judge said that he had nice muscle, nice bone structure, and a good build. So tell me, when you uh, and uh, your brother Braden go down south to get your lambs, who picks them out? You got a good eye for lambs, or uh, you got some people that help you say that might be one to take to the fair? We have some people that help us. You got a lot of secrets in this show, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about showmanship. How'd you do in showmanship? I won showmanship as well. What do you do for showmanship now? Because obviously you must have worked with your lamb at home. For showmanship... You have to put their feet in the right spot, set them up, and make them brace. So at home, getting ready for the fair, how much time did you guys spend with your lambs, walking them, setting them up, and uh, how many how many weeks or months were you working with them before you brought them? We were working with them for about six weeks. Oh, that's good. So uh, you excited for the sale, the auction coming up on Saturday? Yeah. What are you going to do with all that money? Uh, I'm going to put a little bit of it towards another lamb, and then I'm going to save the rest for college. boy! How far are you from college? How many years you got before you get to college? Five more years. Well, you could be putting a lot of money away before you get to college if you keep doing this well at the fair. This isn't the first champion you've had, is it? No. How many champions have you had before this? I've had two champions. Is it competitive in the family at all? A little bit. All right, well, let's find out about that competition. Braden is also with us, uh, Daniel's big brother, Bradenworth. They're with the Country Ciders 4-H Club, by the way. And, Braden, how many years uh, have you been showing? And you're getting about to the end of your career, aren't you, here at the fair? Uh, Yeah, I've shown uh, 
I've been in the project for 10 years, but minus a year because of the uh, off year. Yeah, that COVID year set everybody off. Tell me how you've done in the past, because you stood at the top before. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I have four champions and three reserve champions, and then the other two years I got third and fourth. Now, you brought a pretty heavy lamb to the fair. Tell me about uh, how big your lamb was and what the judge said was the difference between your lamb and Daniel's. 152-pound lamb is a pretty big lamb compared to the usual ones that get first or second. But she said that although it had uh, so much weight on it, it still held good structure and just had a lot of muscle. And the only difference was it might have had a little more fat on it compared to my brother's, but they're pretty much the same bone structure and muscle tone. A little tougher at the feed trough than your brother's, huh? Yeah, something, something like that. So how does this lamb compare to some of the other ones that you had as champions in the past? You rank this lamb right up there with the good ones? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this one's definitely a little bigger than the other ones I've had in the past. The other ones I've usually had were, like, around high 130s, just like my brother's, and maybe a few in the 140s, but, yeah, definitely rank them up there with that. Are you graduating high school this year, right? Yes, I am. So what's your uh, future path, Braden? What do you want to do? I'm planning on going to Madison next fall, and I'm going to major in biology and probably go into a career in the medical field, possibly physical therapy or just a doctor or something like that. Yeah, just a doctor. (laughs) That wouldn't be bad. Just a doctor. Well, congratulations. Thank you. All right, good luck. That's Dr. Braden Worth and his younger brother, Daniel. They finished uh, Daniel 1, Braden 2 in the Sheep Show at the Barron County Fair in Rice Lake. I'm Bob Bosold. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to take a look at some of our farm news. Now we're going to hear from Bridget Fink here, kind of a resident attorney with Valley Crossing, Valley Crossing Law in the Baldwin area, about uh, well, getting ready for, for the future. But some changes at the top, Joe. What's going on? He's back in charge. Darren Von Ruden is once again the president of the Wisconsin Farmers Union. That's because Rick Adamski, who was elected president of the organization earlier this year, has given up the presidency to take the job as government relations director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Adamski said he knows people will be surprised by his move, but he feels the job is suited to his talents and passions and is where he can do the most good for farmers and the organization. He takes over for Nick Lewandowski, who left the position to become executive director of the Kansas Farmers Union. Tina Henchley of Cambridge will take over Von Rudin's former position as vice president. And new USDA numbers show Wisconsin continues to lead the country in mink pelt production. In 2021, the Wisconsin produced over 579,000 pelts, up 37% from 2020, and accounted for 40% of all pelts produced in the country. Utah rakes number two in production. The average pelt price in 2021 was $41.50, up $7.80 from the 2020 price. The total value of U.S. pelt production in 2021 reached almost $60 million, up 23% from 2020. All right, some of the things going on in agriculture and, uh, again, Darren Von Ruden back as president, Rick Adamski moving to uh, uh 
job is on the staff, really, for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Uh, smooth transition there, so we'll get a hold of both of them and uh, find out about uh, the path ahead for the Farmers Union and farm policy. Coming up, Bridget Finke is going to join us. You know, you go to the fair and you see multi-generations and you think, now they got this planned out for maybe these young kids want to take over the farm. Those are things we talk with Bridget Finke about. We'll do that next, right here. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Have our strategies changed as far as putting together a plan for the future of our operation with the next generation? We're going to talk about that with Bridget Finke this morning. Bridget, of course, is our resident attorney with Valley Crossing Law in the Baldwin area. And Bridget, uh, I know you've been uh, in the business for a while, but when you think back at some of the first transition plans that you put together. Has the nuts and bolts of those plans changed or just tinkering a little bit because, you know, things have changed. Land prices have changed. The cost of machinery has changed. Uh, Are they still basically the same or do we have to tweak them a little bit now because of different values? I think as the values of things have changed, it does make you tweak things and also uh, seeing more and more experiences of other farms transitioning, neighbors seeing situations happen with other neighbors and saying, hey, we don't want that to happen in our circumstance. I think we have a lot more um, safety valves, and I think that, you know, in the, boy, pushing 20 years, I've <laughs> been doing this now, um, you know, there's been a lot of farms that folks would have said, oh, that farm will never sell, that have sold, that I think make um, people uh, absorb and hear and want to plan against some of those bad circumstances that they never want to think would happen in their family that they've seen happen to others and know they want to plan to avoid. And as we put these plans together... It's different from, uh, as you were telling me before we started talking, the baby boomers are getting out, and these next generations, Gen X, Millennial, whatever, they're not tied to the land, and they don't uh, have that uh, devotion to the land and the operation, so to speak. They want to get out, at least some of them. Others do want to stay on the land. How do we write it so that the ones that want to get out can without really throwing the operation into a state of flux well you you've got a, a variety of considerations there right um thinking that you can just hold someone hostage to be in an owner in an asset that they can't spend forever is probably not a recipe for family harmony or happiness um, and so thinking that we can give some non-farm kids a bunch of land, but, oh, they'll rent it back to the kid who's farming, you know, and they'll keep it. That's a good long-term investment. I don't think we can quite rely on um, that sentimental tie to the land that maybe existed before, and I think we're feeling a little bit of the consolidation of agriculture, the, the fact that farm families, you know, farmers spend a heck of a lot, time more managing now, right, than they do 
milking cows or rolling wheelbarrows around like we did when we were kids. Um, you know, just the nature of farming is different. Um, and so relying on sentimental ties or, or um, the, the desire to have the operation continue, I think you see less of that in, in those successor generations who aren't actively involved in farming. So then it becomes more important to impose those restrictions legally. And whether that is, hey, maybe the farm kid is getting all the land, but, you know, he starts crunching the numbers and thinking what he could liquidate out for and, you know, why am I working so hard when, you know, I could retire tomorrow. Hey, that may not be fair then to those non-farm kids. But then the flip side, the whole fair versus equal, if the vast majority of the estate is farm assets, in order to get some sort of equitableness between kids, maybe there are some of those assets that do need to pass to those non-farm children. And so then imposing those long-term restrictions, you know, does the farm child really need to own that land or do they just need to have the right to utilize it for the operation? And when you start crunching numbers about um, debt service versus rental rates, you know, Unless you're looking at a long enough horizon, almost always you're going to be better off renting in the short run than you are servicing all of that debt. And so imposing those restrictions on that land. So there's a variety of fail-safes no matter which end of the telescope you're looking for through that we can help to assure um, the long-term viability of the farm to be able to continue but at the same time, if there is the liquidation to make that fair between those generations. And as we look to make this fair, what kind of, uh, I guess, items are that we talk about LLC, we talk about trust, we talk about wills. What works the best so that as these land prices have escalated so much as land is in such demand, what kind of, of a document seems to work the best and gives us the most flexibility? No one right answer. It, it is so fact-specific. The size of the farm, the debt picture, the number of children. Do mom and dad have long-term care insurance? Do they have uh, off-farm sources of income for retirement? There is just there is really no one right answer, and I I wish it were. I wish I could just go around and you know give people the answer and say, hey, your farm and your kids and everything is taken care of with this one thing. It's it's not one thing for every family, and often it's not just one thing for any one family. We're often taking a variety of steps um, and including a variety of things within the, the, the entire plan um, to guard both against what happens if mom and dad pass away, but then also how are mom and dad going to um, live and be comfortable in retirement? How are we going to get these assets transitioned out of mom and dad's hands? But on the other hand, you know, what if that next generation gets divorced, dies, suddenly something happens on that end? So um, it's usually not just one thing, and unfortunately it's not just one answer. And unfortunately... Some farming operations never get to the point of putting together any kind of documents for the future, and 
Boy, that's a can of worms when you're talking probate and different things like that, isn't it? I mean, I would think uh, the next generation would uh, prompt mom and dad to take some action right now. Well, what I always remind people is by not making a choice, you are making a choice. Because if you haven't written a will, if you haven't written a trust, if you haven't done any planning, the state of Wisconsin has done it for you in the intestacy laws. And that says if there's only, you know, children from that marriage, everything to spouse, and when spouse is gone, equal to the children. Um, And in many instances, equal to the children is a guarantee that the farm's not going to be able to continue. And again, that's Bridget Finke at Valley Crossing Law over in the Baldwin area. So if you've got questions on, you know, how do we go about it, what needs to be in the documents, who needs to get involved... Bridget does this full-time. She's been doing it about uh, 20 years, and uh, she's uh, good at what she does. Valley Crossing Law in the Baldwin area. It's almost 5.30 in the morning. We've got weather. We've got some local news to get to. Brent is here. He's got his arm in a sling, so I think his shoulder must be a little bit sore from uh, slinging burgers. How was the fair yesterday over in Glenwood City? Did you have wow. a lot of folks? J- just an incredible day, Bob. Just uh absolute perfect weather root beer floats were going going like mad that ice cream was going mm-hmm. over very well yesterday how about those special brent burgers well burgers chicken strips they had me doing everything working <laughs> the walk-up window uh, burgers fries i kind of smell like oil this morning uh, but multitasker you bet all right and tonight you gotta what announce the truck pull Tractor and truck pull, you bet. 7 o'clock tonight in Glenwood City. All right, well, we'll get him before he gets all tired out. It's 5.30 in the morning here at Wax. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, we're almost 28 minutes before 6 o'clock. We'll get uh, an update on the weather because there is some rain in the forecast for tomorrow. We'll find out just uh, what that looks like. But again, going back to the Barron County Fair up in Rice Lake, which will continue, the St. Croix County Fair. Lots of judging over in St. Croix, always on a Friday, busy over there. But again, in the uh, sheep show yesterday, Daniel Worth had the champion. His brother Braden had the reserve. You heard them earlier from the Country Ciders 4-H Club. In the hog show, the uh, champion was shown by Michaela Stovern, kids from Cameron. She was the uh, the champion and a 298-pound hog. Reserve champion Adam Worth of the Country Ciders, a 274-pound hog and We'll hear those two young people tomorrow morning on the show. And senior championship, Michaela also, or Michaela Weibel, rather, of the Baron FFA, was the senior hog champion. The reserve was Adam Worth. And in the intermediate showman, the champion was Troy McDonough of the Countrysiders. Reserve was Amelia Kunish from Northern Lights. And uh, the beginning hog showmanship champion was Fulton Gramberg, from Section 10 of 4-H, out there just west of Rice Lake, reserve was Bennett Wyeski of the Vermilion Cruisers. I, I just love that name for a 4-H club, the Vermilion Cruisers. I like that name. And uh, also, the uh, start of the beef show, we're there for the start of the beef show, not the end, so we don't have the champions. But uh, as far as the breeding classes, Mackenzie Knutson had the uh, champion breeding animal with her uh, young Angus Heifer, Reserve champion breeding animal was shown by uh, Nathaniel Putsky, a crossbred. So uh, some of the results 
of uh, some of the judging for the young people. They were judging poultry and horses and all kinds of things up there. So lots of activity there at the fair in Rice Lake. What's the fair weather going to be like? We're going to catch up with our man in the weather room here in just a couple of moments. And uh, that, of course, is Mike Dandria. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's find out about our weather as we go forward through the weekend. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. Mike Dandry is over in the weather room at Skywarn 13. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How we doing? Good, good, good. Well, we got fairs going on all over the area. We got Country Jam going on, and there are other activities as well. What's she look like going forward? Well, if you can get past the heat and humidity, today's not really going to be a bad day to get out and enjoy some of those activities where we'll have... Just a slight chance at a couple showers early on, but otherwise mostly sunny later on, with temperatures getting into the upper 80s. And again, our dew points are going to slowly creep up, so it will be rather humid. Mostly clear conditions will take us into tonight, with lows dipping into the mid-60s. Tomorrow we have a chance at some showers early on, but then going into the afternoon, mostly between 4 and 10 o'clock, that's where we'll have a better chance at some of those storms that could be on the stronger side. Their main threats right now being some damaging winds, potentially large hail, and uh, isolated tornado is possible. So keep that in mind going into tomorrow afternoon. Otherwise, our highs again going to get into the upper 80s. That'll cool us down quite a bit, though, going into the latter half of the weekend. By Sunday, mostly sunny conditions, but temperatures only into the upper 70s and low 80s. Very similar day in store on Monday. And Monday night, our lows actually getting back into the 50s. Tuesday brings us a slight chance at some showers and storms, as does Wednesday. Then going into Thursday, mostly sunny, and our highs likely not escaping the 70s. But for now, we have an absolutely beautiful sunrise, much like yesterday. I'm sorry, Bob, that I uh, can't really go out and appreciate it. Otherwise, a temperature <laughs> of 64 degrees in Eau Claire. Oh, boy, that's a little heavier weather potential tomorrow than I expected. Yeah, it's, uh, again, mostly between, uh, looks like 4 and uh, 11 o'clock. I know that's kind of a large window, but... Uh, couple different a uh, couple different waves of it look likely so certainly want to have a couple ways of receiving those weather alerts all right well we'll, we'll keep an ear to the uh, machinery and see what we can <laughs> uh, we can do buddy hang on have a good weekend mike you too bob i'll talk to you next week all right there he goes that's mike dandry over there at the Skywarn 13 weather room on wax as we look at our weather. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean, the world's largest kidney bean processor, based right here in Menominee, Wisconsin, wishes all the great Wisconsin farmers a productive and successful end to our 2022 growing season. With harvest just around the corner, it's the perfect time to be looking ahead to next year's rotation, which could include kidney beans. Kidney beans are competitively priced and highly profitable, making them a great addition to your rotation. Call Ben at 715-664-8342 or visit them at cvbean.com to see if growing kidney beans is right for you. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we'll get uh, some news, as we said. Brent is here as we cover the crops, and we'll get markets as well. But again, if you missed our, our lead story this morning, Darren Von Ruden is once again, uh, Darren from down in the Viroqua area, once again the president of the Wisconsin Farmers Union. That's because Rick Adamski, who was elected president of the organization earlier this year, has given up the presidency to take a staff job as government relations director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Adamski said he knows people will be surprised by his move, 
but he feels the job is suited to his talents and passions and is where he can do the most good for farmers and the organization. And the Farmers Union Board voted to to make these moves, hire Rick in that position, and move uh, Darren back in to the presidency. Now, Tina Hinchley from down in Cambridge in southern Wisconsin will take over Von Ruden's former position as vice president. And uh, we're hoping to get Rick and Darren together here pretty soon, of course. The Farmers Union is headquartered in Chippewa Falls, so hopefully they will both be in the office very soon and we can talk to them about going forward now with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Well, next year Congress is due to write a new farm bill, and already folks on all sides of the issues are weighing in on what that bill should contain. One thing that all sides seem to agree on, though, is that federal crop insurance needs to be part of the package and it needs to be protected from farm budget cuts and major reforms. Crop organization said simply, in the paraphrasing here, the crop insurance program is working for everybody, so members of Congress don't screw it up. And we've got uh, more to take a look at here as we uh, move forward. Another successful program, looks like it will continue, is the Adopt-A-Cow program from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin that exposes school children to responsible and ethical animal agriculture. Now, last year in the state, three dairy farms adopted out 10 calves for grade school education. One of those was the Sells Prawley Farm from down near Humbert, Scott and Pam down there. They had four calves in the program. Those calves educated over 11,500 students in 482 different classrooms through live interaction on the farms or with the calves in their schools and virtual learning sessions nationally. This program reached over 820,000 students in 28,750 classrooms. The program is funded through Dairy Farmer Checkoff Nichols and uh, includes appropriate curriculum along with the calves. And uh, if we've got any teachers out there, these uh, grade school kids, fourth graders, mainly fifth graders, any teachers interested in getting maybe that program involved in your class, because they send along curriculum for you, too, just contact Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin down in Madison. 20 minutes, 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. Markets, Brent, still busy this morning on a Friday, partly sunny, 89 today. Friday morning, let's get some news, and we've got uh, Morgan with us, but again, 64 degrees right now here in the Valley, looking for a partly sunny day, 89 tomorrow, as you heard Mike Dandria talk about, it could be a little tricky out there, it's rain, and it could uh, maybe be a little more than that, but uh, again, that's not till tomorrow. Let's get some news. Here's Morgan. Morning, Morgan. Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We start with headlines in our area as police say bomb threats to CVTC and Eau Claire and Menominee weren't credible. Someone called those in yesterday afternoon. Police in both communities responded and evacuated students. Representatives say that after a sweep of both campuses, police did give the all clear. Both campuses will be open today as usual. In Burnett County, prosecutors there say a deputy was justified in shooting a suspect earlier this month. The DA cleared the deputy yesterday. As investigators say, the deputy shot a man who was making threats over the 4th of July weekend at the Fishbowl Bar. The man was outside when the deputy said he pulled a gun, and that's when the deputy drew his gun and fired. The man survived the shooting. Well, the ballot back and forth continues in our state, and we take it from casting votes into the classroom. The Wisconsin Elections Commission is looking to go into high schools across our state to talk about the 2020 election. 
how the commission is set to meet to approve an election education program, saying it wants to speak to young people about how elections work, given what it's calling the heightened public interest in election administration. Now, that education program also comes as Wisconsin's Republican lawmakers are growing frustrated with how the commission is preparing to run this year's elections. And when it comes to that vote, who's more apt to do it? Well, there are new numbers out, and we're taking a peek a little bit closer at those as a new Marquette Law School poll shows that nationwide Republicans are more excited to vote in the November elections than Democrats. Poll director Charles Franklin here saying that despite the gap in enthusiasm about the election overall, people still plan to go and vote. If we're just randomly walking around outside, monarchs will come and land on myself and my daughter because they, I don't know how, how can they know who we are? They're insects, but I really believe some of them do. Franklin says 63% of Republicans say they're very enthusiastic about voting. Just 45% of Democrats say the same. A peek into public health shows Madison County public health officials dealing with a new variant of COVID-19 and hospitalizations across our state ticking up into the weekend. You can find more information online when you go to direct click at 715newsroom.com. And get ready to flap those wings with a local and Marshfield connection. People from states up and down the I-35 corridor are trying to help rebuild the endangered monarch butterfly population. And of course, milkweed flowers, we know the drill. We have extensive milkweed fields on our property. We kind of have the right habitat for monarchs. We also grow a lot of flowers and a lot of flowering bushes, trees, shrubs, stuff like that. Bernadette Werner from Marshfield actually is part of spearheading a program to help with the migration route from the Midwestern U.S. states to Mexico that the butterflies make. If we're just randomly walking around outside, monarchs will come and land on myself and my daughter because they, I don't know how, how can they know who we are? They're insects, but I really believe some of them do. Overall, they do travel about 2,500 miles to Mexico every fall and then back north again every spring. We don't travel quite that far to go back to the barn, though, with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show. That's right here, live, local, and along with you on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah, we got chores to do here. Let's get those chores started uh, as far as market. Let's go over to the Equity Altoona Barn. Jim Lindsay with what happened yesterday. Choice beef steers and efforts, $1.20 to $1.38. Choice dairy cross steers and efforts, $1.18 to $1.37. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.25 to $1.31. Choice Holstein steers, $1.14 to $1.24. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.13 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from 75 to 86. We had a top of 89.50. 60% of the cows sold from 60 to 74. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 59 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1 to $1.14. We had a top of $1.16 and a half. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 99 and down. Cold bulls sold from 85 to $1.05. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 70 to $180 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $70 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from seventy to two hundred and eighty dollars per head. Hogs on Thursday, butcher hogs sold from ninety four to a dollar one. Sows sold from eighty to eighty three. We do sell organic cattle at the Altoona Market on Tuesdays. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, July 29th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock market consignment page and click on the Altoona market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
Well, let's get at it. More markets on a Friday from over at Equity Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Nice morning over there, huh? Well, Bob, and a good morning to you. Yeah, very comfortable sleeping. Uh, well, we had to get up and get at them, though, but uh, kind of tough to roll out this morning. But a lot of stuff going on today, a lot of stuff on the agenda, so we got to gotta get her done, like they say. You All know? right. Well, before you go back to sleep, wrap up the market for us. Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday and this past week here at Equity Stratford on the cow market. Market cows through the conventional market cows. Now we're talking about higher yielding cows this week. We're selling mostly from 72 to 85. Earlier in the week, extreme top at 87.5. Most of the cows this week, we're selling from 58 to 71. Thinner cows, uh, lighter carcass cows, $55 and below. On the bull trade, better quality bulls this week, mostly from 95 to 105. Lighter weight bulls, 90 and below. On the uh, fed cattle um, uh, results this week, choice grading Holstein steers, mostly from uh, 117 to 132. Uh, select under finished Holsteins, 115 and down. Uh, organic cows this week, organic market cows sold every Tuesday. High-yielding organic cows selling from 107 to 125. Uh, Low-yielding organic cows, 104 and below. Organic market bulls were at 117 to 125. Recap of the calf market this week, Holstein bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds, 75 to 175 uh, early in the week, topping uh, up at 190 on the bull calves. Heifer calves, uh, pretty weak market this week on those, $50 and below. Uh, beef calves, good demand continues, 150 to 325, uh, topping at 395 early in the week on the beef calves. And just take a look at our sales schedule next week. Full marketing week uh, on schedule, of course. Our next hay sale will be next Tuesday. Uh, next dairy sale, also next Tuesday. As part of that dairy sale next Tuesday, we do have a complete herd dispersal of 40 Holstein cows, plus the springing and the bread heifers selling right along with that herd. That will be next Tuesday here in Stratford. Next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday at 12 noon. And again, a lot of information on our website, upcoming sales in August. I invite you folks to take a look at that at Cody Co-op. Click on the Stratford page and you'll have all that information. So, Bob, uh, that's what we have for the folks here this morning. You enjoy, enjoy the weekend again. Uh, we're in summertime and just a lot of stuff going on. Boy, that is for sure. And you enjoy it too. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford sale barn. At the Board of Trade, down yesterday, some rain in that forecast, and that's depressing prices, and down overnight as well. December corn this morning, 567. The oats at 453. December wheat down 21, $8 even. Soybeans now for November down below $13, down 8 at 12.93. Meal down 350 a ton at 383.40 on the October contract. Country elevator prices such as we have them. Doomer's grain of Holman is at 620 for corn and soybeans are at 1407 and no quote from wheat and grain. Their spot just keeps spinning. It just keeps spinning. <laughs> All right. On the DTN screen, Golden Plump corn 614 today, Baldwin 578 and 1387. At Duran, 573 on the corn, 1382 on the beans. Mondovi, 1382 on the beans, 578 on the corn. Elmwood, 583 and 1387. Fall Creek, 563 and 1372 on the soybeans. Osseo's corn is at 583 today. The soybeans, 1392. And at Elk Mound, 583 and 1358. Sparta has corn at 619 and 1442 on the soybeans. Ellsworth, 558 and 1372 at the ethanol plants. Corn at Boyceville, 628. Stanley, 630. New Richmond, 625. Barrel cheese down nine at one ninety six. The blocks down six and a half. One ninety one. Butter up one at two ninety two and a half. July class three down a penny at twenty two fifty four. August down thirty three at twenty thirty six. September down thirty four at twenty seventeen. October. 
down 25 at 2066 in November, down 24 at 2074. It's a Friday morning, and Brent Wink is with us on our Cover the Crops, brought to you by Winfield United, the Ag Division of Land Lakes. And on a Friday morning, brought to you by Winfield United, Brent Wink is with us on our Covering the Crops program. You had a chance to get in the crops that you've been mostly at the fairgrounds. No, no actually, it was a, a great week this week. On, on Monday, uh, Alcivia had their staff and a bunch of growers down at our alfalfa research station down in West Salem. Just an excellent opportunity down there that day to see our new lines of alfalfa. We've got uh, new lines that have... Uh, additional aphenomyces and anthracnose disease resistance that we've identified and those those varieties are just really standing out immensely versus the other ones you look at an alfalfa breeding program it's such a tedious and time-consuming task studying these new varieties in nurseries and and sometimes upwards of 10 years to bring a brand new variety to market and it's just it was really amazing to see some of these newest varieties side by side, not only with competitors, but maybe some of the best varieties that at one point were were top class varieties of ours. And then you see these plant breeders creating these new varieties with the new resistance and just incredible uh advantages over what we had had. So that was a really great stop. Uh we also continue to look at uh, seeding establishment is a great opportunity for agronomists and growers to see those differences. When we take new seeding fields and we have it with the full cover crop that we're letting go to harvest, and you see all of the insect damage on that alfalfa in those situations or versus where we maybe direct seeded or where we had uh, the, the product or had the cover crop removed with a Roundup Ready alfalfa system. And it's just an amazing to see those differences as well. So when we're uh, stand establishment, so critical to make sure and get that alfalfa off to a great start. Then uh, also later in the day, we were able to have one of our partners, Bravant Seed, was down there to talk. So it was kind of everything dairy and and uh, cow that day. But Bravant's releasing a new BMR corn silage breeding program. So the BMR has always been a staple for digestibility and for milk production. And they've got a new uh, BMR lineup for uh, called Bovolta, and what we're seeing in those is they're really they're screen, uh, screening for a bunch of additional agronomics. You know, sometimes with uh, some of our past BMRs, agronomics and plant health maybe were uh, not quite as uh, good as what we'd like to see. So they're continuing to study and look for that high quality with a little better agronomics and tonnage. So that's just an incredible piece. So you look at. Their corn silage program, our cropland Harvextra uh, AA alfalfa that has that additional aphenomyces and anthracnose, it's just a complete game changer for the dairy industry and for those cows, cow comfort and health. Then switching gears to grain corn. I know on our farm we started uh, fungicide applications here middle of the week. We're seeing a lot of that take off on the corn you know, we're really starting to see corn tassel and just some amazing-looking corn out there. I know some of the aerial applicators are coming to the area next week, so we're going to see a lot of that going on. So a lot of growers taking advantage of that warranty program uh, on the fungicides on corn. Most of the beans were a little bit early for the fungicide applications, but that's going to be coming along uh, extremely, extremely fast. So hopefully, Bob, we'll get some moisture tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
to yeah, help our crops out. I hope it doesn't out, wash us away, though. Yeah, leave the tornadoes and the hail and all those things aside, but hopefully we get a little rain tomorrow, and that would really make a huge, huge difference. Boy, it really, really will. And you'll be at the track, calling the tractor and truck bowl tonight yeah, at St. Croix so County la- Fair. Yep, be sure you come on over to St. Croix County Fair tonight, 7 o'clock at the fairgrounds, a truck and tractor pull. Yesterday, I got a great opportunity to talk to a bunch of young kids, boy, 10, 12, 14-year-old mm-hmm. kids that are going to be pulling tonight. and They're so really? excited and so, wow. you know, come on out, support them, be loud and proud, and have a few beverages there of, you of your choice. So hope to see you tonight at St. Craig County Fair. Sounds good. Thanks, Brent. Brent Wink with us as we cover the crops, courtesy of Winfield United this morning. Always with us during the planting, growing, and harvesting season, Brent Wink. Well, we've got 64 degrees. Beautiful day today. Partly sunny. Tomorrow's when you want to keep an eye out. Rain, maybe some heavy weather moving into 89 today, 88 tomorrow. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.